uh, let go of the team and cleared the bank accounts and let go of the company and, you know, tried to sell to some competitors. And then, you know, looking back at it, I see we had just scratched the surface of the journey. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. Hi, this is Dan Putt from Reboot. I couldn't help but replay a story in my mind as I listened to this conversation. I remember my feet hurt like hell. This was a random Wednesday night back in mid-January of 2013, and I was sitting at Brian Ice Skating Rink with a pair of rented skates on. I was waiting for a high school student who I was mentoring at the time to show up for an event. So I sat down on a bench and decided to take a quick glance at my email. A few weeks earlier, in a conversation with existing investors, they had explicitly stated what everyone on the team already knew, and what I was painfully aware of, our startup was on its last legs. They had warned that without an outside investor, they would not invest anymore in the company. And deep down, I really knew this was right, and I agreed with them, but it still hurt. Actually, it kind of stung to the deepest depths of my sense of self-worth. But we did leave that meeting with a small window of hope that perhaps we could get one more injection and buy ourselves a little more time. And on this cold night in January, surrounded by laughing kids on the ice, my feet hurting like hell, I received an email that sent a clear message. Time is up. I remember the walk home, all 40 plus blocks, and I was in a daze. It was like my deepest fears about my worthiness had been decided that day. And the verdict was in, and I was a failure. Another failure on the resume. What would I do now? Who would ever want to work with me again? What good could possibly come of this? Startups fail. We hear that all the time. Failure is good. We hear that all the time, too. But we rarely hear about the pain, the shame, and the second guessing that comes with it. And even worse, at least for me, We rarely hear about the opportunities that lie or may lie in something ending beyond just a pivot or a lesson learned. In that moment, reading that email on the bench, my feet hurting, I wish someone would have told me what I know now to be true. This startup failing is not proof that something is broken within you. In fact, it's an opening and an opportunity to find something new within you and for you. Nick Russell was co-founder and CEO of UK-based We Are Pop-Up. Yes, I said was. Nick joined Jerry on the very day he handed over the keys and closed up shop on his startup of three-plus years. His startup ended for different reasons than mine, reasons that still gnaw at him today. In this discussion, Jerry and Nick talk about what he's experiencing now, what he's learned and wishes he had done differently and a surprising path forward for him. One that supported me through my own painful ending, and one that could be helpful for you in your own transitions. Apply now for our CEO Bootcamp this fall, October 5th through the 9th, 2016. Join us and 14 other peers for the retreat that may change your work and life for the better. Apply now at reboot.io slash bootcamp. Our capacity to fail is essential to what we are. 
The gap between what we are and what we can be is also the space in which utopias or our entrepreneurial endeavors are conceived. Ultimately, our capacity to fail makes us what we are. Our being as essentially failing creatures lies at the root of any aspiration. For in its sense, the capacity to fail is much more important than any individual human achievements. It is that which makes them possible. We are designed to fail. This quote is from Kostika Bradetin, and it's from an opinion piece he wrote in the New York Times in 2013, which you can find a link to on our website at reboot.io slash podcast. Hey, Nick, it's really great to uh, connect with you again. And, and uh, it's been, uh, I guess it's been about two years since we first met at the Tuscany Boot Camp a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, thank you for coming on the show. But before we get started, why don't you just take a minute and kind of introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Nick Russell, and uh, I am the former uh, founder slash co-founder of a business called We Are Pop-Up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now now it's called We Were Pop-Up, but um, <laughs> it was called uh, We Are Pop-Up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that sort of speaks to what it was that you wanted to talk through today. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, um, since we met in Italy, you know, the business uh, experienced you know, at that point, it was uh, in a place of kind of growing pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we had an absolutely great year of growth. And now uh, we reached a point where we ran out of capital. And mm-hmm. so um, we've, as of today, sold it and handed over the keys. Mm-hmm. Wow. And how does that feel? Ah, um, I mean, it feels a number of ways, you know, and in some ways, uh, it feels like the, the, the failure, you know, like the, the, the feeling of failure that we talked about back in Tuscany. And I think the, the feeling of failure that, uh, so often people in the startup space try to avoid, you know, and I think, um, I mean, obviously, I've thought about uh, boot camp every day since going on it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think a lot of times we're afraid of failure, but we're afraid of like this kind of conceptual failure. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> Whereas now it's a very, very actual uh, thing, and mm-hmm. I would hesitate to call it failure, you know, so there's that side of it. And on the other side of it, you know, I mean, I also go back to boot camp again and, um, you know, talking about getting rid of delusion and, you know, even some of, uh, Mm. Parker Palmer stuff from, you know, let your life speak about finding ground again and, um, you know, coming out of the clouds and that part's actually really relieving. Mm. And what else is there for you? Um, I, I guess overwhelmingly there's a feeling of, of sadness mm-hmm. from uh, I thought we were quite deep into the journey. You know, I thought we were quite advanced after, you know, three, four years in this thing of really pushing it forward, you know, and it's such a grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought we were quite far along, but then now having, you know, kind of stepped back and, you know, cleared all the slates. Right. So, 
uh, let go of the team and cleared the bank accounts and let go of the company and, you know, tried to sell to some competitors and then conducted a, a, a an open process and done DD, you know, with everybody from uh, kind of multinationals to uh, some people who had some very strange ideas of what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking back at it, I see we had just scratched the surface of the journey, you mm-hmm. know. So um, I go back to the original Genesis and uh, I don't know, I, I would have said that we accomplished about 70% of what we wanted to do, but now I look back and I think we accomplished, you know, like 2%. Mm. It sounds fairly harsh on yourself. Oh, no, no, not harsh. I mean, yes, uh, it, there, there, there's parts of it that are very hard, but in terms of, you know, I, I can see its potential now. Yeah. And... You know, I mean, you love the founder title and you love, you know, you love the energy around, you know, having a tech company and being a tech person and, you know, that whole kind of halo. But then I look at the people that we were serving and I, you know, we we served obviously uh, well over a thousand or two thousand customers really well. Mm-hmm. But then I think like there are still millions of people out there who, uh, you know, I don't know that they'll ever get the solution that we were trying to put together, you know, and, and that's the sad part. Not that, not so much that we failed. I mean, that part really sucks, but it's more like there's so much potential. I see. So it's really, it's, it's a kind of the, the, the grief of the not um, realizing the full potential that was there, not being able to live it out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you're trying to get to the moon, And, Hmm. you know, you you launch like enough test rockets to know you can get there. And then and then your 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 funding's cut and you're like, I know we can get to the moon, but we're not going to the people to get there, you know. Hmm. Hmm. So that's a yeah, it's it's rough. Mm -hmm. It's rough. Mm -hmm. And what's the hardest part for you these days? I mean, it's kind of ironic that, you know, because we actually tried to schedule this a few times, and it's ironic that we're actually speaking on the day in which you, quote, handed over the keys. Yeah, no, I thought that was just, um, I just thought that was your ability to prognosticate. Well, wow. that's me. That I, I am like this shaman. So, <laughs> No, actually, I specifically aligned the handover day for this. Right, so. well, even better. You're the shaman. <laughs> I wanted to give it a bit of theater. Um, right. But what, uh, yeah, I guess. But what's I guess the hardest part? Um, the hardest part is is you know, letting go, Mm. um, you know, what to let go of, you know, um, you know, there's, there's an offer, there's an offer with, uh, the, the buyer to continue. And I think that's probably fairly standard in these cases. You mean for you you personally to, to continue as an employee kind of thing? Uh, we're, we're still discussing that. I mean, at least (laughs) in, uh, in an advisory capacity, potentially for myself and my co-founder as a Ned. Um, and it's, it's weird. That's, that's, you know, we've been, we've been going back and forth about that all week, which is like, do you want to continue the journey? If it's somebody else's journey, Mm. you know, or do you say we had our shot and it's time to go? Um, 
you know, we've even had a number. I mean, so when we went public, obviously we, uh, we had to engage in the UK, what's called an insolvency practitioner, mm-hmm. which, um, is somebody who takes you through the process, you know, as you wrap up. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if you do it right, like we did it, then, um, you come out clean and you get to move on and life goes on. Uh, <laughs> Some people don't make the decision um, as soon as we made it, and you know um, that can get quite difficult. But you know, we did everything we were supposed to do. We did right by uh, everybody we could, and I think we came out of it. You know, in terms of um, you know, landed it and sold it. Uh, mm-hmm. We tried to conduct a number of private sales, which was interesting mm-hmm. um, because the uh, so the solicitor he was really like, "You want to go public with it," and. So we were like, well, you know, we're going to try and do it privately before we do it publicly. Uh, we did that. We didn't, we didn't really reach any result. We talked to a number of great people, but we could never kind of connect the dots. Um, mm-hmm. So he said, finally, he said, boys, it's, it's time to go public. So we were like, yeah, all right. Uh, so we sent out an email announcing that the site was closing and it was for sale to 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was like, wow, you know, when you, when you go public, you really go public. You really went public, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, our, uh, our for sale PDF was downloaded like 900 times. Mm. And um, we talked to a lot of people. And, I mean, some of the offers were like, yeah, I want to buy it uh, without the team. Yeah, I want to buy it with the team. And we got a number of offers which were like, yeah, I'm not going to buy it. But uh, you've been released from all your non-competes and everything. So, uh why don't you come and, and refound it and let's rebuild it? You know, you have the know-how. Um, mm. Just restart with me as your backer right. and forget the old thing and let's do the new thing, you know. And um, it's quite a confusing journey, you know, because it's like, well, I love what I do and I believe in what I do and I believe in what we're doing. And, um, you know, my team was amazing. It really shows the power of what we're doing that they were so dedicated. Mm. I mean, even to the very end, I mean, you know, they, they, they went through it all and, uh, it was great. And then you hit that moment where you're like, I didn't see that I would have the option to continue. You know, I thought we were just going to lay this thing down and then, uh, merge on the other side and life goes on. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what this looks like. And then all these offers keep coming in and you're like, well, do I want to do it? Am I any good at it? Uh, you know, was that just the, the, was that just a speed bump? And, you know, like when you get down to the founder thing of like, always keep going, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what, what is, when do you stop? How did you make the decision to shut down or was it, was it, um, was it a consequence of capital? Oh, uh, talk about, talk about delusion. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, it was a cap table problem. Mm. You know, it was, uh, one of those decisions that was made two and a half years ago that, um, you, it's not that we kept ignoring it. We had a, we had a seed investor, they had pref shares. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they had quite a large stake in the business mm-hmm. and, uh, they kind of stepped back about a year and a half ago and they said, you know, this is really, this is going to be really hard for you guys. Um, so good luck. 
And I mean, they, they had a, they had a big stake. They had a lot of downside protection. You know, they had the whole, they had the whole full, full whack. They had a uh, pref shares. Uh, they were participating. They had, uh, all the consents. They had a pref dividend, you know, I mean, just the full works. Mm. And, um, so they stepped away. We, we found some additional seed capital, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's a secret. We talked about this even, you know, back in Italy that uh, right. the business had always been undercapitalized. Right. And we hit the point where we needed, you know, we were getting great traction um, at the end of 2015. We had a number of Series A funds, you know, blue chips looking at the business, some out of uh, the U.S., some out of China. Uh, everything looked great. And we just needed another half million to a million to um, really break through. And we found some guys who were willing to put that up, and they said, you and your co-founder are underweight. You know, you guys have such a small stake in the business mm -hmm. that, you know, you guys have uh, a way too, way too little. And we need you to have uh, about triple that. So mm -hmm. we went back to the seed investor, and we were like, well, you know, they say we need uh, substantially more. The seed investor said, well, we're not going to do that till they give us a term sheet. Mm. and demand a restructure and we went back to them and said look uh you know they can do it but we need a term sheet the the new guy said no they're overweight we don't want to deal with them mm. uh you restructure and we'll do a deal and uh that's the hill we died on <laughs> mm. so it, it was less of a choice than it was a consequence of the past choices if you will that's a great way of putting it mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, we knew, we knew we had this problem. Mm -hmm. Um, we kept going around in circles with the seed guys last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, they, they just never moved. And it's one of those things where we kept tabling it and tabling it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as I sat there and looked at it, you know, by the time everything went off, it was uh, late March. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we did everything we could, you know, we did everything we could to kind of move it forward. And you sit there and you look at it and you're like, this has nothing to do with where we are. This has nothing to do, uh, with everything we've done over the last year. Like this is, yeah, like you said, this is something, this is a hangover from a, a party long ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, that was, that was the bitter part. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask you sort of circle back again. Um, what would be what would be helpful for you now on this day as you're sort of looking forward? Uh, I guess how to be okay with that, mm -hmm. because it's not your standard. It didn't work, and we ran out of capital. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, we made a decision as, as a founding team that we didn't understand the consequences of, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the business was, you know, I mean, obviously the business, uh, it needed, it needed more, but it was going the right direction. And I think if it had been a hard failure, um, that'd be easier, but in this case, you know, it's such a, such a bittersweet mm -hmm. kind of pill and it's like how to be okay with that. So how to be okay with the way it, it actually did unfold. What is, 
what is the piece that's the hardest part to be okay with? Was it the fact that um, the business itself actually wasn't failing as much as it was uh, a failure of the way in which you capitalized? There's that. I mean, the hardest point was uh, the decision to to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what became apparent was that, you know, I mean, we could have kept getting, you know, bits of seed capital. I mean, we could have kept it running, right? Uh, you know, we had angels lined up to kind of help us through some transitions, uh, you know, with 50 and 100K chunks. Mm-hmm. And it was that moment where you look at it and you say, I, I can't take any more money on this cap table. Mm. And my my uh, gorilla investor isn't willing to renegotiate. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you know, uh, functionally I can run the business and I can keep taking, I can keep putting money into it, but I know that I'm never going to get to the A round that allows me to actually step change the business. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I have to refuse, you know, those lifelines. Mm-hmm. And I have to land this. So, so the, the, the piece that you're struggling with is being okay with that decision that you made. Yeah, like really owning it and, mm-hmm. and not, not feeling it was right because I know it was the right thing to do. But in, in, in living with it. Why is living with it difficult? Because I can so easily imagine the other outcomes. Mm. What's you know? the what's the voice in your head saying to you about you? Uh, the, the voice in my head is saying, uh, "It's time to move on." Yeah, you know it's 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 time to let go. It's time to to close this chapter. So then, there's another voice in your head which is having a hard time letting go. Which is saying there's still life in it. Somebody's bought it. You know, the, the, it's possible to continue this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, still believe in the market. Like we didn't have a a vision problem, and we didn't have. You know, we had we had some executional misfires, but you know, it, it's I can see it working. Mm-hmm. And it's the the conflict that sits there is what got me to where I had to make that call were uh, compromises. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I, if I keep going, you know, in, in any fashion, is that just another compromise? Nick, what is it that you feel about yourself? I'm... I'm very proud of myself and and by extension of my team Mm -hmm. for seeing it through to the end. You know, like I, we tried so hard and we never gave up and we pushed and the harder it got, the harder we pushed and we did some incredible things. And I'm really proud of all that. That's great. Is there a, but in there? No, Okay. No. So what's so hard about letting it go? 
getting hamstrung like that. You what, know? Do you, what do you mean? By, by a cap table. Uh, so it's like, it's like sticking in your craw, this notion that it was a damn cap table problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it's like you're, you're running a race mm-hmm. and the rules say no yellow shoes and you win the race, but they're like, no, like there were no yellow shoes allowed. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, but I won the race, right? Like we were the best, we were the best people. We were the best contestant. So it feels unfair. Yeah. 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 It feels like we got robbed. Yeah. So you made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, the mistake was simply this. You took capital under the wrong circumstances. And you could never sort of live. You could never get out from under the structure that you put yourself into. No. Right. No. And that was the delusion. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So take me back in time. Take me back to when you took that deal. Did you have a choice? Uh, yeah, we had a choice. We had a choice. Um, so why'd you take these terms? Or from this investor? Uh, it was on the table and it was one of those things, you know, when we talked to... Uh, one of the advisors from our accelerator, you know, mm-hmm. he was just like, take the money that's on the table guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had been out for a while. We, we, uh, you know, we got, we got bounced from a, you know, we got late round or late stage in the DD with, um, with a deal we really did want, but then, mm-hmm. uh, another company in the space blew up during our DD. So we lost that deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this one came along next and, and we didn't know a lot about the fund. There wasn't a lot of information about the fund. Um, yeah, we did, we did some DD, but we liked the guys and we felt like it was a good working relationship and we were aligned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by that point we were just way more interested in, in doing some work, mm-hmm. you know, and in moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, let's just let's just do this now and we'll, we'll work it out on the other side. So if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice, what would you say? Um, I would have, I would have pushed back on some of the terms Mm -hmm. because it felt very much like uh, an us versus them. Mm -hmm. Well, they were like, you know, look at, you know, putting down the terms and it felt like we were pushing back on those terms because we were founders and we were like, no, we want our big stake. Uh, I wish I would have had a better visibility on, on the knock on effect from that and pushed back from the sense of like, we will not get funding after this, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. I would have, I would have pushed back on that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's that was the big that was the big moment. Mm-hmm. What about uh, uh, a response, perhaps, to the mentor who said to you, "Take money, take the money that's being offered." Uh, 
I don't know that I would necessarily push back on that because, um, you know, if we look at the capital scene in London four years ago, mm-hmm. it wasn't as advanced. You know, there just weren't a lot of options. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think we could have, I don't think we needed a, I don't think we needed a, a completely different deal. I just think everybody at the table needed to stop and think about what can we get funded next time, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't think we were wrong in taking the capital, and I don't think his advice was wrong. And I mean, by now, the the, the scene has totally changed, right? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing more founder-friendly and company-friendly uh, term sheets. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily go back that way. I think I would just go back. I would go. I remember the meeting. You know, it was the meeting where we said, you know, these terms are a bit rough, and they said, you know, the terms are the terms. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think there was another discussion to be had there. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an unrepresented party at that table um, who was going to be, you know, the next serious investor. Mm-hmm. So your advice would have been make sure that you create the conditions such that another investor can come in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my advice would have been, uh, I understand the downside protections you're looking for, but we need a way forward. Um, we need a way forward later. Mm-hmm. So I want you to imagine something right now. All right. And it's actually not going to be that big a stretch. And I want you to imagine there's five, six hundred, maybe a thousand, maybe 2000 entrepreneurs listening to this podcast right now. And some percentage of them are about to sign that first deal. Ha. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So say again what you tell them. Uh, I would tell them, I would tell them to think really long term about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would tell them to probably tape it, take a step back, mm-hmm. maybe take a weekend off mm-hmm. uh, and really, you know, get away from, you know, that rush of it's all happening. And the fund is like, let's do this. And especially on a seed deal, because, you know, they're not huge deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of push to just get it done, mm-hmm. you know, by the lawyers, by by your co-founders, by your friends and family guys, you know, it's just like, come on guys, get it done. Don't worry about it. You know, just push. Uh, I would say take a step back and really think about not only this step, but the next two steps, mm-hmm. you know, um, once you, once you sign that deal, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be implications. I think that's brilliant and beautiful mentoring advice. I'm going to expand a, it a little bit. And what I would say is um, some things that I've said to entrepreneurs, whether or not they've been clients over the years. One thing that I've often said is to really think about long term when you're looking at potentially taking an investment to, to, to look at that person and say, when the shit hits the fan, do I want that person as my partner at the table? Because shit inevitably hits the fan. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Another thing I would say to people is, look, I want you to do, and I, and and this is a, just a simple two. I want you to do a waterfall analysis because a lot of times what happens is people will take bad terms in order to get, for example, a good valuation. And I'd say, take a look and do a full waterfall analysis. Project out, not just a year or two into the future, not just one or two capital raises, but project out as best as you can to that point in time where your cash flow break even and you're no longer raising capital. And analyze these terms to the point where you now own some percentage of the company. Maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 50%, maybe it's 5%. And at that point in the future, five, six, seven years in the future, is that position worth the pain and suffering that you're going to be going through? Yeah. So when you're looking at those terms, when you're looking at that structured relationship, when you're looking at taking that first deal, to the degree possible, when you're doing this due diligence, when you're thinking about this as this investor as a partner, think about that relationship long term. Think about that consequences of the deal. No one's going to end up having perfect information. You could not have predicted everything that happened. But what I'm hearing, Nick, is without delusion, with a real kind of painful, poignant, clear sight, you can see that the deal that you took kind of impeded things and um, impeded the ability to raise additional capital, which then puts you in a, in a, a difficult position going forward. Um, and that's, that's really what I think the lesson is here, which is take your time, really understand what it is that you're signing up for. Am I saying that right? I would I would go further. Say you no. Know, I would I would say um, you know uh, you're out there and you know I mean raising capital is it's a it's a consuming process. Mm-hmm. You know I think even even in the best even in the best markets even in the best times it's still it's always a consuming process. You know, mm-hmm. um, and. I think there's another part of that process, which I see, you know, I didn't go through and it's like, now I'm watching whole cohorts of people, uh, not go through it, uh, themselves as well, which is getting that independent advice on board mm-hmm. and not just an advisor. You know, I think so many people focus on an advisor for their space. You know, they say, well, I'm in, I'm in, you know, 3D printing, so I need a, a, a manufacturing advisor, or I'm in SaaS, so I need a SaaS person. Mm-hmm. You know, I think somebody who can really give you the feedback and the mirroring you need about the terms and where you're going. And, 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 and you know, that kind of person is not going to come along easily. And you have to find a person who likes you, who likes your business, and who wants to advise you early who can pull you aside and say, Hey man, don't take these terms Mm -hmm. or at least the information that like, Hey, these guys are known for this, you know, or anything to where you're just not, 
you're not having this blind negotiation, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I mean, the other, the, 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 beyond that, you know, I mean, I think the most painful part of it is the, the irrationality of it, you know, the irrationality of an investor to sit down like that mm-hmm. and just say, okay, I'm going to end the game, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and the, the, the other existing investors and the incoming investors were beside themselves. They just did not, they could not understand the position. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Why it's going to go to zero. Like, why is it going to go to zero? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I went and I talked to our, our attorney and I said, you know, uh, in the pref, you know, in the pref arrangement, what can I do and what I, what can't I do? And he said, well, you know, according to UK law, you can violate their consents if, if that's to save the business, mm-hmm. uh, but you can't violate uh, their property rights, mm-hmm. you know, and there was all this energy late in the game toward it, but I needed that energy early in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed that, I needed that. Uh, I needed that insight. I needed a better picture, you know, mm-hmm. of the investment scene of the investor. And, you know, those are the, those are the steps. So it's like, well, I, I wouldn't found an investor, but no, now I need to do DD. And actually I really need to dig in, mm-hmm. you know, and here, by that point you're like, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, you know, you just, you just take the deal. When, when, when I brought your attention to this question of what kind of advice would you give people, what, how did that feel? Um, <laughs> uh, it sucks because I don't want to be the martyr startup, mm. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it hurts because it's, you know, like we were doing something, uh, you know, I mean, this came up, this came up a lot in Italy, you know, it's like one of the driving forces for our business was, uh, it was meant to do something good in the world, you know, and like we really rallied around that and there was a huge energetic focus around the goodness of it. And, uh, we always thought that, you know, because it's something good and because it's so obvious and because of all the hard work we're putting in, mm-hmm. Like it will work out, you know, like we're not going to get hung up by paperwork. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now to be sitting here, like, you know, potentially talking to, you know, 500,000, 2000, 10,000 entrepreneurs saying, man, you can get hamstrung by bullshit. Mm-hmm. And like everything you've worked for will come falling over uh, because you didn't prioritize everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's painful. Yeah, it's painful. It hurts. It's, uh, you know, it hurts to go out like that. And I think that's why, uh, you know, that's why it's hard to let go of some pieces of it. Right. Because if it was like, you know, if it wasn't that you could just say, well, we failed and Mm. and And that that was was great and that was terrible and that was it. Right. So I'm going to go back to your first question, which was, how do I process this? Yeah. And the medicine I'm going to suggest is actually kind of painful and bitter. <laughs> and the medicine I'm going to suggest is actually a little bit of an assignment, Nick. And that is, I'd like you to internalize the notion that perhaps 
there is an entrepreneur out there who could really benefit from hearing more of this story and could benefit from maybe just sort of a, a couple of quick lessons. Because you could have benefited from hearing these things. And, you know, many years ago, I was connecting with some memories of some really difficult things in my childhood. And I was working with the Buddhist teacher, Pema Chodron. And I said, you know, Ani Pema, how, 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 do I, how do I deal with this? These feelings are so overwhelming. And it, and it was memories of, of profound violence. And she said, I want you to sit in meditation and I want you to think about all of the children, past, present, and future, who are going to experience the same kind of violence. And that was hard, man. That was really hard. Because in my grief, all I could feel was what had happened to me. But a funny thing happened after a few months. I started to feel better. And I started to think about the ways in which I could possibly help stop this from happening to someone else. And you could argue that everything I do as a coach is kind of infused by that belief system. That the way we deal with the pain of our own lives is to use it as a means to reach out to someone else. Now, what I'm asking or suggesting is hard. And you have a right to your own grief. And you have a right to, to care for yourself the way you feel best. But I will tell you from my own experience, as Pema Chodron told me from her experience, that it helped me. And it helps me every day. It's like, why do I do what I do at a boot camp? Why do I do in, in, a, in a podcast call or a coaching session? Because in a sense, it reaches back in time and it helps me. Does that make any sense? That's, that's, bringing, up, uh, that's bringing up a lot. You know, that's... I mean, after, obviously, uh, you know, we talked about the shadow. Yeah. And uh, did quite a lot of work on the shadow, you know, as, as I think uh, we emailed and chatted about a while ago. But mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy to deal with entrepreneurs. And, mm -hmm. you know, what's been interesting is uh, you send out an email to 50,000 people and um, – we have the legacy of being the first pop-up platform, but now there's over a hundred. Mm -hmm. And these, these people uh, from around the world have been ringing me up and, and some are very aggressive and mm -hmm. the, you know, they just want to shout at me and, and, and get, get the information. But some of the others, have, you know, just taken very sensitive approaches. And uh, it took me probably five of these phone calls before I realized that what they were asking me, Mm. was if they if they should continue themselves mm. you know 
Mm-hmm. They said, uh, you guys were the first and everything looked great from the outside. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's, it's been really, really difficult to say that it, you know, it wasn't a market problem. It was mm-hmm. a capital problem mm-hmm. because that has involved, uh, telling, telling them really honestly, mm-hmm. you know, that I think, I think you should keep going because I believe in the space, you know? And then, uh, and then they're like, well, how can you say that when this has just happened? And it's like, because, mm-hmm. uh, it was our fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you realize that you're leading people you don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that takes me back to the shadow and it's like, I've done so much work around, the shadow with my team Mm -hmm. and the shadow with, you know, our customers and, Mm -hmm. uh, you get blinded to the fact that you have investors and all of the moving pieces have to work for them too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, (laughs) to have to sit and say to these guys, like, you know, like there's no problem with the space and there's no problem with the sector. Mm -hmm. You know, the problem was uh, we made a bad deal. And then for whatever reason, you know, we didn't have the relationship we needed to have to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that is why this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. Um, it sounds incredibly brave to me. It's yeah, it's well, I mean, I, 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 it's been amazing getting these calls from people and, and, you know, you, you sit and you say, well, you know, maybe my legacy in this, in this business and in this space, you know, we were, we were never going to be the, uh, the Airbnb, you know, Mm -hmm. we were never going to be the, the Uber that, you know, um, there's a whole lot of people who've come after us, you know, and we, we built a dominant logic and we built a framework and, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to deny, you know, it's like that thing of you can do anything you want in this world if you don't want to take credit for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like we're, we're causing the change and we're, we're pushing the ripple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we, we've started a movement and we've created something of power, um, you know, so, so you can't argue with that. You're just like, uh, we just, we just made some bad decisions and, and took ourselves out of the race. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to argue it's a very strong lesson for a lot of people out there. And I'm going to suggest again, gently that, um, uh, one way for you to process what has happened is to really take some time and I wouldn't rush into it, but take some time and, Maybe write out some thoughts about what you learned, what you do differently. And if there's a smart entrepreneur out there, uh, and there are a lot listening, um, I think that they should reach out to Nick Russell and say, hey, Nick, you want to sit on our board? <laughs> you know, I'll do, you, I'll do you one better, Jerry. You can, uh, you can put my email uh, on the notes for the podcast and... Uh... You know, anybody who wants to talk to me about it can drop me an email. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a very generous idea. So 
you know, with that, I think I think we've we've got a wrap. But I, I just want to thank you for coming on and and telling your story and sharing your story. And my my deep wish is that this sharing is part of the processing and part of the healing for you. Um, you know, there's a grief here. It's not the same as losing a loved one, but there's a grief here nonetheless. And I think honoring that and respecting that is a really important process here. And, uh, you know, I'll say this would, uh, this would have been, everything would have been much harder, uh, if we hadn't done that work in Italy, you know, I think, um, in a way, you know, what I came away from that work in Italy with was realizing that, you know, I've gone through a lot of the feelings way ahead, you know, I mean, you have to wear the mask until the very last minute and then you get to take it off. But I think, uh, that emotional intelligence that you talk about and those lessons, you know, and really the practice, you know, what it did do was, uh, it made me able to handle this, um, with my team, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the way I handled it with my team and with my investors, with my shareholders. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when the time came, when shit got really hard, (laughs) you know, like having the emotional foundation, to 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 do it well i think made all the difference so uh, i'd like to thank you for that jerry oh you're welcome i think i think what you just described is what we often talk about is resiliency See, yeah nothing we do can guarantee the success of our endeavors but we can absolutely enhance our capacity to to be resilient and to withstand what what happens and i think you're proof of that so thank you so much nick for coming on i, I you know i know there are a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing this story. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you, Jerry. All right. So that's it for our conversation today. I know a lot was covered in this episode from links to books, to quotes, to images. So we went ahead and compiled all that and put it on our site at reboot.io slash podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can find out about that on our site as well. I'm really grateful that you took the time to listen. If you enjoyed the show and you want to get all the latest episodes as we release them, head over to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, it would be great if you could leave us a review, letting us know how the show affected you. So thank you again for listening, and I really look forward to future conversations together.